Hey guys, welcome back. BDC Care here. We're back with season seven, episode 21 of our weekly Q&A videos. As always, if you're on YouTube right now, you can check out the links in the description to access this on a variety of podcast platforms. But getting straight into the first question. That we teased from last week that we said was coming. That's true, yeah, Ian Connor. Uh, so following up with that, uh, Ian Connor says, In one of the previous Q&As, I asked how I should gear an Earth 2 team with Flash, Hawkgirl, and Solomon Grundy. You guys recommended that I go with Killer Frost instead of Hawkgirl. Great recommendation, by the way. And so I checked back in your old video to see what gear I should use, but that video was made in the world before Tantu Totem. I was wondering what gear I should use on them now with Tantu Totem out. Currently, I'm using Ibistick, Razagul Scimitar, and Hyper Speed Suit on Flash, Tantu Totem, Master's Death Cart, and Lexcore chess piece on Gu Grundy. I almost said Gundy. Um, <laughs> and Astro Harness, Fourth World Chest, and Fourth World Mace on Killer Frost. Have you been watching NBA games? No. Jeff Gundy was a, is a coach. See, um, I have no clue. Right. That's just a mistake. He might be a TV personality now, um, though. And so, anyways, those are the gears. Uh, do you guys have any suggestions on if I should change those gears? Just for reference, my team is Promotion 3 and has no augments. Yeah. I mean, technically, his name is Jeff Van Gundy, I think, right? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I guess not. You say right, like I'm gonna. I can't. I can either verify. Okay. Yeah. Um, so based on gear loadout, you can make certain sort of assumptions. The obvious one is that uh, Solomon Grundy is the um, special specialist, and I think that works really well because what you're doing doing is you're leaning into the tag in, which gives you the power from Tanti Totem and Master's Death Cart, and it also gives you the chance for triggering Solomon Grundy's. Uh, passive, which is to shatter a gear. I can't remember what the duration was. I think it might even be for the fight. Like it's one of the longest gear shattering um, abilities of mm -hmm. of the game. Um, and they, what they call it, de decaying gears, right? So the the damage over time doesn't really matter. It's not enough to make a difference. Yeah. So the only thing I'd have to say about the Solomon Grundy, maybe and every now now I'm seeing so many good questions about teams. I'm feeling more motivation to do more. I mean, we've done a couple recently based on questions. I feel like there's at least two more now that we'll do, and we'll get into it later. But all right, so the chess piece, I'm not sure about the value of LexCore chess piece. And only because I, I think your special specialist really damage output is the most important thing. So then people are probably thinking, so why do you put it on your Justice League team with New 52 Wonder Woman? Mm -hmm. We do that because um, when we're playing Phantom Zone, we, we need to satisfy the... Uh, health steal uh, yeah. task. So if, if you're putting it on for the same reason, then that makes sense. But in times when there's not Phantom Zone out, probably don't need it. Yeah, and if anything, it slows you down a little bit, right? Because what if you give her a power gen gear, then she's almost guaranteed to have two bars unless you've got a power damp... You face a power damping team. And with power gen, one combo often can be enough to bring you to the second bar of power. Yeah. Um... So, in the way you've geared Killer Frost, it looks like your tank. So, she's got um, Astro Harness and a couple of Fourth World, Fourth Weird, I was going to say, Fourth World Gears. Um, so, Astro Harness is never bad on a tank, but I think the problem with, to me, the problem with the Fourth World Revive is that it takes two slots, and we've got alternatives now. So, Necron Scythe works because it's only one slot and can increase damage with your special two which freezes and is unblockable, which is great. Um, but the problem is that you need to knock out someone in order to get the revive out of the scythe. But it has that extra benefit of, of boosted damage against frozen opponents, I think almost makes it worth it. It's just a question of whether you end up building the two bars of power. Yeah. 
And I guess that leaves Flash, right, as your basic damage dealer. Um, and yeah, unless you're not running a basic damage dealer at all. Right. Um, so that I have a stick, Razzle Scimitar, and Hyperspeed Suit. Okay, so because you don't have anybody um, else to do the job, right, the way it's set up. Um, a basic damage dealer, you mean? Yeah, yeah, and and you might again, you might run into the team just like yours. It dampens power, so it takes you long a long time to generate it. Uh, then it it's an issue of gearing him to do the most damage, which isn't necessarily uh, damage boosting gears. All right, so hyperspeed plated suit I think is great. It doesn't boost basic damage, but the unblockable chance is almost as good when you're working with a basic damage dealer. Thirty percent is pretty high. Yeah, and it's an ability that's only for the flash. Um, so you want to use the gears in the other two slots that will boost basic damage. So since, so here's the thing, Razzle Simtar boosts basic damage, but it doesn't increase your crit chance. And that crit chance will help so much more. I mean, that's the reason why we push that in augmentations, right? Crit yeah. chance and crit damage. But to be fair, they're unaugmented characters, so they help some more, but it doesn't help nearly as much as it would, uh, if you had augmented that team. Right, so then, to me, then... Proportionally, you, it's a lot less helpful. What you really want to do is increase crit chance. Yeah. More than... But if, if you think about damage. it, actually, if you're using gear slots, in that case, a straight damage boost, a flat damage boost, actually might be more on average than just a crit chance or a crit damage increase. Why not do both? Yeah. So you can, you know, the, there's a whole, like, I think four different gears that do that, right? Yeah. The same amount. So uh, Promethean Longsword, Power to Scream of Sticks, um, Blade of the War God... Um, oh, I feel like there's another, another on Kama. Mm -hmm. They all do that. So those are all good choices. Um, but here's the thing, at least a couple members are, are on an Earth 2 team, there's a chance to stun on Tagin because of Flash's passive. So you could actually go with Cloak of Destiny to boost all stunned damage. Um, but since it doesn't stun every time, I think going with a, a just basic damage boosting gears, it also increases increased crit chance yeah like the ones you just mentioned i think they're all really good options and if you weren't augmented um maybe two of them but if you are augmented and you don't need the full crit chance boost then stick in we like to stick in like you see on the flashpoint team currently um a a basic damage boost with a secondary effect yeah. like heal on a special one Mm -hmm, for sure. So the, I guess the thing is, on an Earth 2 team, even a partial one like that, you should have at least one of Cloak of Destiny or Necron Scythe on someone that's Earth 2, because when you stun, um, it, it feels a little cheap to only get like one free hit. Yeah, one like free one combo, combo or for one, one special. special. Yeah. Well, you could really boost that damage. And really, the problem is it doesn't happen often enough, but it is, there's something to be said about just the satisfaction of how it plays instead of always going for uh, speed like we did yeah, with the so Flashpoint that's, team. Yeah, that's optional, but is recommended for fun. Yeah. <laughs> so Daniel O had uh, timestamps again, thank you, but he had uh, in the timestamps a bunch yeah. of comments and some questions at the end. So at the uh, end of it, or actually in the middle, she sa um, he says, you forgot the part of the passive where she has a stun chance at the end of her combo ender. Right, that's true. For uh, Rebirth Jessica Cruz. Right. So we did get a secondary correction on our correction, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the main commentary, uh, which is, I checked out a few of Bug Hunter songs and love his voice. I also have a friend who is an artist and she views Spotify as strictly a marketing platform. She earns all her money through concerts and sponsorships. 
for Rebirth Jessica Cruz. I think that unless you have a team of Green Lantern, which can net you max battle points, she's better off on the Rebirth team because that team is significantly weaker without her due to the lack of a really good basic damage dealer. These timestamps were a bit longer because they weren't as many <laughs> sub points, but at least I got them out within the day. So uh, first off, I, we can talk about both of them a little bit. I think the using Spotify as a marketing tool is something yeah. that's really interesting because um, one thing is that I've heard that from other people that um, from other artists, uh, not firsthand, but like f- just from listening to them uh, mm. talk and they say that, you know, people can't really make their living in the music industry the same way unless you're right at the top, the top right. um, off of like streams, off of the ways that people listen. And it used to be that, you know, you didn't have to could- tour, that touring was an option to make more money right. and not the way that you survived. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it would take a lot of time, so it would be making different money because you could be in the studio making. See, this is why why it's sad to me because sure, there's lots of artists that do concerts and have merch and do whatever, right? Yeah. But two of my favorite bands were studio bands, mm-hmm. meaning that they basically they released music and they sold enough records to make their money. To, yeah, to make more music. So I believe I should look this up because I keep on going with this as though it were true, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, the Alan Parsons Project was a studio band and i'm yeah. pretty sure toto was also a studio band where would we be without africa yeah where would we be without eye in the sky Very or don't answer place. me i would not have a ringtone for my phone if we did not have um don't answer me mm-hmm. but yeah so that i think that's really interesting um and something that is not how things used to be and i think that also sort of is just how it works um in a lot of spaces now with streaming content like if we were trying to make money from this, if this was supposed to be a primarily profit gathering thing where even if we were trying to, for example, like make minimum wage from this, right? Right. right. Uh, we would have to look to sources external from just YouTube ad revenue for the yes. time versus money. And there are yeah. some people who can make more money with uh, YouTube ad revenue than uh, we do, obviously. But a lot of bigger channels also have a lot more expenses. And we find sort of the same thing with them where they don't... Uh, you know, when it's when you scale up to a lot bigger audiences, you also tend to scale up in terms of cost and time and effort going into each piece of content. And you run into sort of that same issue where you, if you're doing this as a career, it doesn't ever make sense to only have YouTube ad revenue as your right. primary support. In right. the same way f- with music now, you can't just do it from Spotify. So this is why, so it's interesting to me because in my mind, it always felt like YouTube was sort of social media to me, right? Yeah. And it was it was funny that we could make any money from it at all. And and that's I think what the difference is is because YouTube is a new thing, which has from the start been something that at first you couldn't make money from, and then right. was always sort of here's this small amount of money, and if you're trying to do this as a job, you probably need supplemental, you know, like sponsors, like sponsors and stuff. merch, um, whatever. Yeah. Um, and the difference with music is that it is something that's been around much longer and used to have a different landscape, which has slowly shifted, right? Because YouTube started out worse than where we are now. Or, uh, yeah, it started out worse than where we are now, where you literally just couldn't make money from it, right? Except for sponsorship. Early YouTube was not monetized, right? There was no monetization options. Middle YouTube, there was more broad-based monetization. Yeah, it was actually a little better. Yeah, everybody could. Now it's bad again because there's limitations, right? There's requirements that you have to have at least... Um, 4,000 hours a year. I don't remember the specific number. And 1,000 subscribers minimum. Yeah. So, but all all that's just to say that uh, it's interesting and it seems like a lot of stuff is sort of moving in approximately that direction. And some, and you know, it 
it sort of is similar to our experience with YouTube, but sort of not because we go into it with, you know, very different sort of expectations, I think. Yeah. When you're looking at uh, Spotify as like a, we talked about this before, right? But Spotify is a paid platform and stuff. I think a lot of the people who are listening to music uh, don't, f haven't felt the shift. Right and aren't right. maybe aware of it in the same way that the, the way artists consume are. It feels the same. It's basically they're listening to radio stations where they get to curate the kind of music yeah. we listen to. It's just like yeah. on demand, right? And right. on demand television didn't change the nature of television monetization, but then Netflix did, I guess. So that's you know streaming really sort of mixes stuff up at every level. I yeah, I guess so. It's 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 sort of which pocket. To, to to me, it feels like Netflix has changed it less because in a lot of ways, it's just like a new cable channel. In some, but it's different. It changes the way that people watch stuff with binging. Oh right? yeah, for, oh, yeah, that's true. So from and, the viewer you know, perspective, everybody, the consumers, yeah. and then everybody's making a stream platform. So uh, Netflix right. obviously did change it because now everybody right. wants one, like Disney and NBC, and, right? Right. You know, you got Crave and you got Quibi, which is on your phone for some reason. Right. Uh, Quibi is really weird and not very good, by the way. Oh, is it? <laughs> no, okay, I have. I, I don't even have enough time to watch. Like my problem is, I, I don't watch. Enough. There's just so many shows that I think I want to, and so many books I want to read. This is fun. Let's there's do a quick diversion on Quibi then, because it's a, nobody knew what Quibi was really, and it had a ton of support. So there's like a bunch of what's Quibi stand for? Like, what is it? Where's that name from? It's like a quick bite. Oh, Q U I B I okay. Quibi. Okay. Um, and so it, it had a huge amount of like money poured into it. Um, and by who? I forget who. It's some out of touch, like old TV exec or something oh, or some. Ah. Some, yeah, but so there's a ton of money went into it and it's a streaming platform for 10 minute or less, um, content yeah. that can only be watched on your phone. And its whole right. shtick is that it has seamless viewing in either portrait or landscape. And by seamless viewing, they mean they'll like do like they'll zoom in on just only sort of what they deem the important part to see in portrait is. Um, and a lot of times you end up losing like a ton of, um, background information and like the scene composition is just like a weird like cropped version of the original right um and it's it's just it's not very good and a lot of people have made fun of it uh because it's fundamentally trying to break into a market which is like that in between time like the time that people normally like spend scrolling like social media stuff they're like you could right. be watching more things that are similar to network television and it turns out that nobody really wants that and right. i still get a ton of ads for quibi all the time but i don't right. I don't think I know anybody who actually like enjoys anything on mm. Quibi or like subscribes to it. I don't know. Mm. We'll see if that, I can't imagine that's going to last very much longer. Right. But right. anyway, so that's the sort of content side of the comment. And then the second half, which oh. I'll read again, just to quickly remind people, okay, sure. uh, which is for Rebirth Jessica Cruz. I think that unless you have a team of Green Lantern, which can uh, get net you max battle point, she's better off in a Rebirth team because that team is significantly weaker without her due to lack of really good basic damage dealer. All right, so I do want to point out that it's actually a really good second correction because they don't the, her passive isn't described as a stun. I think what it does is uh, Kilowog. Uh, again, I probably should have made notes or looked this up right before. Uh, Kilowog does something like a stasis field or something. Yeah, and it effectively works like a stun. So any kind of stun benefits, if you had Cloak of Destiny on her, you would boost the damage. So that's actually yeah. a really good point. Mm -hmm. uh, it, but it it her how good she is is independent of whether she's on a rebirth team even sh though she's called rebirth jessica cruz mm -hmm. um and part of me wants to call her jessica cruz green lantern and i can't at this point i can't even remember whether at some, some point they changed the name like they did with like new 52 wonder woman it used to be justice league wonder woman yeah and they changed the name on her it's fine it doesn't really matter yeah no it doesn't um so about the uh so this is an interesting framing of it because 
Um, so why does it matter to have a bunch of rebirth characters together if most of them have passives that have nothing to do with each other, mm -hmm. right? So then it becomes an issue if you're going to make a, 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 here air quotes, rebirth team, then it's, it, it, the only issue is, are you using Wally West? Because if you don't use Wally West, he's the only one that actually benefits from having other rebirth characters. Yeah. Um, and if you're not using Wally West, you could use anybody as your basic damage dealer, and it would be rebirth in name only. Mm -hmm. um, and so the other point, which I, I like actually, the point of potentially not having Green Lantern team that has high enough stats to get max battle point, it actually gets that team that doesn't have enough of two other Green Lanterns. It gets worse when you take Jessica Cruz away. Yeah. The um, the rebirth team maybe gets worse when you take Jessica Cruz away but only because of Jessica Cruz's benefits, not because there's a huge amount of synergy. So you could put, you could slot in any other uh, basic damage dealer on that team. You don't yeah, need Jessica it, Cruz. It only gets worse if you don't put in somebody good. Right, right, right. Um, so if you think about, if you reframe the question like this, so you've got some Green Lanterns that you don't want to use, they give you low battle points, and a Rebirth team that is really good with Raven, uh, Wally West, and Jessica Cruz, but only Wally West is improved by Jessica Cruz. You by swapping Jessica Cruz into the Green Lantern team. Now you've got a Green Lantern team that may not be max battle points, but it's a huge amount better with Jessica Cruz, where she can solo the fights because her special twos are so good. Yeah. Um, and then a Rebirth team that's a little bit worse because Wally West doesn't dodge as much, but you slot in another person who's a good basic damage dealer. And you can probably still manage everything. Like it, yeah. it's another one of those things where it probably doesn't make enough of a difference that you're going to be losing fights that you would have otherwise won. Right, right. So and, it's it's not. It's on paper maybe worse and, slightly. And what really separates Jessica Cruz, right, is her as a basic damage dealer is her combo ender, and because combo enders don't trigger all the time, uh, it, it's that effect is enough to make her really good. So multiple hits and a chance at stun makes her really good, but it's not enough to make her great. It would make her great if she could more consistently trigger her passive on her basics. Yeah. Um, and uh, here's maybe an, another way to think about it too. So if you've got a rebirth team, and rebirth again in air quotes, because um, they're a team in name only, if, if, if that team is weak unless you add Jessica Cruz, maybe the problem is with the other Rebirth characters and that we shouldn't be struggling so hard to find a use for them in, to make them a team because just because they happen to name them all Rebirth. Yeah. Um, so here's the other thing. So this is another teaser. Hopefully we'll get it done soon, but we've got a team already. It's a Rebirth team with an alternative to Jessica Cruz. And... Um, I think it would be kind of cool if people would, wanted to guess who would be a good alternative, uh, because it may not—it's probably not who you expect. Mm -hmm. And it's—I think it's in some ways it's better, and it may not be the team composition you expect either, because there's there's a general principle of basic damage dealer, tank, and special specialist, and in general that's the way you have to do things. Like, mm -hmm. but if you know what you're doing, then you can play around with that and maybe remove one of them if you do enough with the other the sort of the swap out character to make up for lo uh, lacking it yeah so guesses in the, the uh, in the comments and maybe we'll i don't know figure out some sort of recognition for the, if somebody gets it right sure <laughs> okay <clears throat> so there we go our next question is from commenter johnny sins who will be 
talking about yeah. uh, that name a little bit later. But uh, So this was the question we actually addressed in the video from two days ago. Yeah, so we won't we won't spend too long talking about it because we did a whole other video just for it. Uh, but it's, hey, BDC Care, what are your thoughts on swapping Batman and Aquaman's roles on the Flashpoint team? Batman characters can shatter multiple pieces of gear with their special one, so you'd have a much higher chance of shattering Astro Harness and speeding up fights. Also, when you consider how people normally structure teams, I commonly see tanks in the first spot. Since Batman specials can disable healing, you can easily finish them off with Deathstroke without much difficulty. This will most likely be helpful against characters like Raven slash Prime or Black Knight Flash. Aquaman's basic attacks are faster and easy to juggle with, so he is more than capable of being the basic damage dealer. The largest drawback I see is that you don't get the benefit of bleed that Aquaman gives, but the pros outweigh the cons in my opinion. It is also worth mentioning that since Batman doesn't need the Quake engine, he has a free gear spot to use any way you want. So, the reason why we're reading this question again too is because we're demonstrating that same idea of the team for a bigger part of it. Because I think theory is always good. Whether it shows up enough in real life, and that's funny, real life, in real game situations. Yeah. Um you have to sort of put in it's like with weightlifting you gotta put in your time under the bar because if you don't just spend a bunch of time playing it you don't really get a sense of it, it whether it's any better i think we get a sense here that it does make a little bit of a difference but not enough uh to to be to be obviously better than the other team although the one element that that i really like is the idea of um having necron scythe on your razzle guy who's going to be doing the special at the beginning because even though it doesn't happen often, maybe one in 10 to one in 20 times, killing Joe Joker in the first slot, don't have to worry. Yeah, Just totally wipe him out. It's not going to endanger your game. And you'll have another meat shield because of that when the teammates tag in with three bars of power for a super. Mm -hmm. So there we go. And, but the I think the important part, because <coughs> we've, we've already know, demonstrated that in a lot more detail, we have uh, a question and then a follow-up that I really like, or a comment. And so, uh, your young Soviet says in the description, it says, thank you to viewer Johnny Sins when Johnny Sins is a porn star. And then Cheese Mountain comments and says, Johnny Sins is a doctor and an astronaut, not a porn star. <laughs> um, okay, I, is, I have to plead ignorance. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I had no idea. So, yeah, I, I didn't know either. Um, but what's, what's funny is, so obviously we get a lot of names that don't signal uh, actual people's names. Like Young Soviet and Cheese Mountain, the two people in this exchange. That's obviously nobody's <laughs> Christian names, right? And I mean, the the last name Sins. Or given names? God given names, that's true. I don't even vote God. <laughs> I, I, I don't know why I'm evoking that yet. They're, they're legal names? They're legal names. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but Johnny Sins, uh, you know, the last name Sins, if we took time to stop and think about it, it doesn't sound like anybody's actual last name, probably. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but. You know, it, it's more sort of in the structure of somebody's actual name. And we just know the commenters. Like, when you see Obi-Wan Kenobi with 500 subscribers, we know what they're referencing specifically. Right. Um, and we don't always. What I really like here, though, is the funny, uh, like, the follow-up, a doctor and an astronaut, not a porn star. Because we talked a little bit about this, and you wanted to save it for the video when I was talking too much about it. Right. But there's right. this whole, like, um, set of, like, memes and, like, jokes surrounding the terrible acting in porn. And so there's people who will take, like, out-of-context clips uh, from just, like, the acting parts right. uh, that don't involve any nudity and, like, post them on YouTube or stuff like that, right? And you can right. sort of, you can tell by, like, the shot composition and the way that it's being set up that it's, you know, it's not some it's, sort of, like, blockbuster, right? There's no, like, <laughs> there, 
they're, they're not really uh, putting a lot of work into the camera angles, but there's there's one that's really spectacular um, where there's a dude... Spectacular in a, good or bad? Like, funny. Like, okay. really funny. Right. Uh, like, it's hard to say whether it's good or bad. I don't think the title is good or bad really are applicable oh. in the situation where um, there's, like, a woman who's pretending to be a lifeguard who shows up in this dude's bath, and he says, you need to get out of the bath, there are sharks. Like, you need to get out of the water, there are sharks. And he goes, I'm in a bathtub. And there's just such genuine confusion in his voice. Like, like his acting is actually surprisingly good at selling um, right, his confusion because right. she's saying something clearly ridiculous, and I don't think... You know, I, I know I certainly wouldn't be able to... Um, to deliver that line with a straight face, right? With that kind of conviction? So the, the fact, well, I'm saying for her, you know, it's poor acting, but I don't think I could do that in the first place. And when right. you're, when your job is sex work, you're not, re like, you're an actor in a different way, right. right? You're a performer more than you are an actor, so I don't think it's right. really fair to judge these people on, like... Right, it's like, judging, <laughs> it's like judging an actor who's pretending to be a singer or who's pretending to be an yeah. athlete. The standards are not quite the same. Yeah, you're, you're not like, well, that muscle definition is not how an athlete's muscles would be defined. That's somebody who's just building their muscles to look good when they take their shirt off. And it's like, well, yeah, because, you know, right. <laughs> they're just pretending to be an athlete. It's, oh, it's like uh, John Goodman playing Babe Ruth. That was not dumb. I mean, I'm sure he's a fine actor. I don't remember that I just at don't, all. Well, I, he's, he, he was not, he did not look like a good baseball player. Uh, yeah, so, so there's just stuff like that. And so I think um, that that specific subculture of sort of poking fun at the situations and right. the acting and stuff surrounding right. it is I, is a really fun time. I think it's really entertaining. Okay. So I totally, like, off topic, what it made me think of is when you find really, really talented people, a star is born. Yeah. So Lady Gaga, great singer, she's a pretty impressive actress too. And Bradley Cooper, good actor, he was pretty good singing his own songs. That's really impressive. Those are really talented people. When they, 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 they're like multi, um, there's a word for it, right? Like multi, you know, baseball player, they call it five. Oh, like player. a something threat. Yeah. Like a double yeah. threat. Yeah. Threat. Yeah. Du double, double. That sounds great. Double threat. Okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know how he got there, but it just made me think of that. So there's some people that are just really, really talented. Yeah, that's true. And I'm sure there are some sex workers who are also great actors, but you know, well, right, so I'm sure that that's not the people they're primarily selecting for. But what's interesting to me is how often people do, um, porn actually get into mainstream acting, but it doesn't happen much the other way. I guess. Cause it makes sense, right? Because like porn is something that I think a lot of people, uh, I'm, I know there's like that whole like discussion around it, right? Where there's on one side, you're talking about um, the sort of positivity and people's right to choose what to do with their bodies, right? right and right. not restricting that. And then on the other side, you're, uh, there's a lot of discussion about how a lot of it is exploitative and, and coercive. So it doesn't inherently and, yeah. have to be, right. but just sort of in the society that we live in, the reason why a lot of people do it is right. Uh, right. need for money, right. right? And that inherently adds a coercive element to it. And even within that, there's a lot of like, like mismanagement and like poor treatment of especially the woman in it right. and all that stuff. Right. So right. it's, it's hard to sort of, but I, for the reasons that it can be very exploitative and the right. current industry, even where it doesn't have to be, it often right. is very bad right. for the people involved. It makes sense that if you're in something that is probably making more money, that is something that is easier to like talk to like family and friends and stuff about. It's easier to sort of right. put your public, brand on it right right uh it makes sense that you know that the other direction is probably not nearly as desirable for most people it's true yeah yeah there we go 
Uh, our next question. So thank you, Johnny Sins. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny Sins. I guess probably not the real one. Probably just somebody no. who picked his name. But you yeah. know, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Um. So our next question comes from Steelier. Uh, and they say, I I don't know if that's how it's Steelier. <laughs> it's Steelier Dan. Yeah. Um. They, <laughs> anyways, they say, Hey guys, I got a question. I got a few elected sevens. I'm sure elite elite? sevens, yeah. yeah. And some okay gear like LexCore, Fourth World, and Suicide Squad. Should I try and make an effective team with the gear and cards I have, or unlock and go for a team that's already been designed? Alright, so this is an interesting question for a couple ways, right? Because gears and characters both have naming conventions and uh, sort of enhanced abilities... Uh, that make you wa- want to put them together or make you more likely to. Yeah. We just had the discussion about the Earth 2 team and the Rebirth team. Yeah. And there's teams that have inherent baked-in synergy where it's not just that they happen to work well together, it's that other characters with this name uh, right. do this. Yeah. Yeah, but so I, I feel like saying nothing has you know, already been designed, but it's not entirely true. There's very few teams that have already been designed. Yeah, Um but the, see, the problem is the design teams, the closest to really design teams are the what used to, we used to have with team packs, right? That used to cost power credits and now cost money. And, but if we only relied on teams that we'd already seen, we probably wouldn't have played most of our teams. Because there's no um, BDCKR team that, with the Pickle Suit Doomsday and Elseworld Flash and Raging Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Earth 2 team... Yeah, despite all of our emails to Warner Brothers, they didn't make that a pack and cut <laughs> us in on the profits. Um, the Earth 2 team, you'd be tempted to, because of the, the synergistic abilities, you'd be tempted to put all Earth 2 characters on it, but as was illustrated earlier, um, ki- swapping out Hawkgirl for Killer Frost is actually even better because you completely kill power generation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually a really cool team. And um, what else? Oh, uh, you wouldn't be seeing some of the other teams that we've. I mean, we've. I get, I'm trying to think back, but we've done so many different things that weren't necessarily um, that shouldn't have been obvious based on either the 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 names, like for example, Rebirth, or um, I mean, even the New Fifty Two stuff, right? Yeah. We started off with New Fifty Two Superman, New Fifty Two Wonder Woman. And um, stuck in an Aquaman, I think. Or mm-hmm. maybe it was Batman at the time. But uh, that team, that Justice League team we've got, is actually better for having um, Flashpoint in Justice 2 and New 52 at the same time. Yeah. Unless they're really, really sort of strongly required, almost required to go together to get their full effects, yeah. like uh, Red Sun team. The, especially the original Red Sun team. Right. Is really, really great when there's all of them. And you lose a huge amount of value with for every member that you remove. Right. And unless it's like that, where they're all adding to each other, and each person's effect is something that adds significant value to gameplay, right. then a lot of the times you're going to be able to find somebody just as good or better. Uh, just right. f- that's not designed. That's sort of unintentional. And the related point about the gears. So there's gear sets, right? There's a fourth world gear set, LexCore, um, League of Assassins, uh, Suicide Squad. I gotta say, I never want to put all three of each set on one character. Yeah. Even though you get an extra ability for each one uh, from, you know, two you get an extra ability, three you get two extra abilities. It's not worth it. There's just not enough there. Um, and the best example is League of Assassins Knives. I never put a League of Assassins set on anybody, but the knives are just so much better than anything else there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I never want to use the the already been designed uh, set. Yeah. So there we go. Yeah. I think that's the end. I guess to answer your question, then what we're really saying is already been designed. Maybe not. Uh, if you're talking purely about just <laughs> a team that you've seen other people use that uh, looks cool, that looks attainable, you yeah. can always work towards that. But it's probably more fun to start thinking about what teams you want to see yeah. based off of what you have, and then sort of adapting on the fly and finding your teams based off of who you're getting yeah. in gold packs so or challenge packs or whatever you're getting that's a clue for the rebirth team um yeah so here we go uh our next question comes from andrew flex and they say how can one spot a hacker because shouldn't it be impossible to have three elite seven metal characters on a multiplayer team yeah um so, our word choice really matters here, right? Yeah. Uh, impossible, impossible. It's it's possible versus likely. The likely, and, and what do you call a hacker? Is a hacker somebody who cheats? Is it somebody who actually hacks and who does uses, something Yeah, possible? is it somebody who modifies game files? Is it somebody who uses right. glitches? Is it somebody, like, who is uh, getting like the value of in-app purchases without paying for them. Right. 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 Like those, cause those are all, those all result in very different looking accounts. So I will say with some confidence, uh, but not a hundred percent that anybody with an E seven metal character is a cheater at some level. Uh, the likelihood of somebody spending that kind of money to get there is so unlikely for, with a full E seven team even. Yeah. That's what uh, we're talking just, about here. I think that there's nobody spending tens of thousands of dollars in order to get an Elite 7 for a metal character on a game that hasn't had an update in more than a year. Yeah, so it's very, very unlikely. There are other explanations, but uh, they're probably hacking. And one of the cool things is that when you run into a situation like that, uh, the real job of reporting somebody is not to uh, get the person in trouble uh, because you don't like what's going on with their account. What it is, is when you report somebody, what you're saying is, I have good reason to believe that this person is not legitimate. Yep. Or, you know, you've got... For whatever reason you do it, the whole uh, point of sending in a ticket is for them to follow up for you. Right. Right? So, you know, you can say with relative confidence that the person is a hacker, but at the end of the day, you know, you've played the match against them. Unless you right. keep seeing them over and over again, there's not going to be a lot of other effects. Right. Uh, if you care about them being removed, if they're hacking, it really, as soon as you do the report, it falls on to whatever the team is right. um, who's following up on that. One thing that's interesting, um, so I've been playing a lot of Valorant recently, and one thing that Riot did uh, very recently is they added the feature where when some they follow through on one of your reports, they'll tell you. They'll send you a little email being like, right. uh, a report, like we have taken action against somebody that you reported basically. Right, right. And they don't give you like their username or whatever. It's not like this person specifically, it, it turns out to be a real piece of crap. And you said that he was saying hate speech and he definitely was. Right. Um, but they just let you know that they're, it's, it's just feedback to show that you're listening. And so, you know, uh, I have, I report people every once in a while. I don't report anybody, I think for um, unreasonable reasons, anything that is a slur. If somebody says a slur, I report them. Right. Um, if people are cussing each other out and being really rude, uh, I'm fine with that. Like, yeah. I, I don't always enjoy it. I don't like, you know, uh, having that be sort of my play experience. Right. But I don't think that's uh, worth reporting somebody over. Right. So it's right. whenever somebody says something that's very unambiguously a word that nobody should be right. uh, using, period. Right. Um, 
then that gets reported. And then every once in a while, if somebody is playing really suspiciously, you know, I report them for suspicious behavior like cheating. Right. Um, and I understand that there's a chance that maybe they're just really good and they know something. There's um, some skill that they're using that I don't have, right? And they're not right. actually cheating. But um, I think the, the cool thing with Valorant and the unfortunate sort of thing with the state of the moderation right now with Injustice right. is that I sort of trust that they're going to do that follow-up Right. And, and whatever, yeah, and whatever justice, the legwork yeah. is, and they're gonna figure out if somebody's cheating or not, and they're not just gonna like ban somebody because a couple of people who thought that they were fighting somebody who was too good said, "I don't, I don't like how they're playing," right? right, um, right. And then reported them. And so I think the issue is normally I think it's a little less important to say definitively if somebody's a hacker. Um, because you can just, you know, if you want to, just go through the process of reporting them and then that's that. But right. now it's a little harder because you really don't have anything except for the ability to confidently call them out sort of personally. You don't right. really have uh, any expectation of, like, recourse if they are a hacker. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're running out of time, but there's some stuff at the end I want to get to, so maybe we'll do this next one really quick too, just so that we answer it. Okay, yeah. Uh, so D&D Lord uh, 005 says, I have been saving, am I better off getting the gold booster pack or waiting a little bit longer and getting the challenge pack? So the answer used to be easier, it used to be a different answer. When there was a discount gold pack that wasn't cash, uh, that made the most sense. It used to be 75000 you could buy it once a day, same yeah. gold pack as everything else. Uh, that was clearly the better deal because at 75 that you get two gold characters for uh, the equivalent of one challenge character. Yeah. But totally worth it. Now, there's a lot of power creep, so the challenge characters have been getting steadily better than the gold yeah. characters yeah. In, that you get in the packs. Um, and there's no discount gold pack anymore, so the valuation is a lot different. So it's probably the challenge packs now, honestly. Yep. yep. The main problem still is that the, there's too many characters in challenge pack, and it's harder to directly promote. But because they are often very powerful, uh, it sort of balances out. And then you get a lot more variety and just sort of killer characters. And you also have a sort of wider disparity in terms of stats you can get. <laughs> so you have the opportunity to open something really special in a challenge pack. That's true. In a way that you don't as much in the gold pack. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we've got sort of two related comments, uh, different tones. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, the, the second one nicer than the first one, but so we have, uh, first off a comment from Triforce Goon, you guys aren't even American, so SDFU, your points are invalid, uh, and a second comment from Lawrence Young, and this is for whether or not we should, like, remove comments when they're in, like, bad faith, yeah, right, yeah. and, uh, they've used a different term for bad faith here that I still sort of like, which yeah. is, um, dog crap in this context is solely based on your opinion and perspective. I like your guys' videos, but if you don't want the right commenting on your videos, then stop talking about politics. Whereas if you want to, then you should allow such comments whether you like them or not. I don't stick up for free speech because I'm the right, because I'm not. I would just as much stick up for the free speech of the left. However, perhaps your Canadian standards are different. So two ones that sort of bring our nationality um, into the... yeah into the uh, conversation. They're intertwined in a f funky way. It's not just the one point, right? They intersect in, in really inter interesting ways. Yeah. So I, I feel like our points are, are probably more valid for being an outside observer without, as they say, uh, having any skin in the game. Yeah. And there's sort of that the two stances on this, where I think on one hand, um, when people are talking about what's best for themselves, mm. uh, it is true that when you have a group that is not involved at all, you sometimes end up with people saying, um, doing things right. that aren't as informed. Right. So, you know, you talk about having, like, men in the 
so, like men uh, legislating women's bodies in terms of right. like abortion, right. Right. right, and different stuff like that, and you can often uh, run into issues, right. right, or when you look at like more uh, much more wealthy people, like figuring out what like social. Um, uh, support networks should look like right. for people that resources you find them going like and eh, they don't need very much right, right? and so you there are definitely we're, uh, we're not saying generally that people without stake are better at discussing right. other people but when you've got a conflict and you're trying to figure out which side is actually more in the right and which side is more in the wrong yeah i think having an outside perspective actually helps because when you're invested in it in a way where one outcome makes a huge difference to you personally yeah it it, it colors your ability to be objective and also when we're talking <coughs> about sort of politics and uh positions in the abstract it's very different right because when we're talking about like women's bodies we right. as men don't have any insight except for what people tell us right everybody is involved in political systems everybody knows what these structures look like and everybody is a part of them so we are right. not participating directly in that political structure in the right. u.s but we are we do have actually relevant experience in right uh, like lived experience and knowledge right. that is actually relevant and applicable and does let us sort of look at this, what's happening there, right. uh, even without being directly immersed in it. So the second comment from Lawrence Young is a little bit meatier, and it's, 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 it's interesting because I think there's a funny thing that some Americans do, which is push, almost, it's almost like a fetish uh, for the First and Second Amendment rights. Definitely American things. It's not like a Canadian thing to have amendments to our constitution. Yeah. And I want to point out because it feels like people are always talking around it without actually getting to the, the nuts and bolts of it. So the First Amendment of the American uh, Constitution is Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free speech thereof or, or the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Yeah. And I think, first off, like, this <laughs> uh, is not particularly controversial. I am also very pro-free speech, especially political speech. I think people should have the right to voice their opinions, right? And, uh, you know, free speech doesn't cover hate speech, right? So my right. issues with, free, um, with <laughs> when people are saying things unimpeded are when they're causing harm to other individuals. And outside yeah. of those circumstances, like, even if it's just something that I don't like to hear, if it's not harmful speech... I don't think there should be any punishment for it. And I think um, even, like, ambiguously harmful speech, um, mm. if you're not in, like, a specific position of power, I don't think is an issue. So, like, yeah. ambiguously harmful speech, if somebody's, like, a climate change denier, that's causing harm, right? Yes. Either directly or indirectly. Yes. Yes. I think people should be allowed to be climate change deniers if they are, you know, like, as individuals. I think people, you can't force somebody's beliefs and you can't right. force people to not share their beliefs, right? Um, so that's that's something where, even though I think it's they're wrong and they're causing harm, even in some of those cases, I'm fine with people voicing but, their opinions, uh, even though I wish they had better opinions. But even before we get to the quality of the stuff, I think there's a distinction that has to happen that, uh, where we talk, I mean, the, it's, it's talking about government, right? Not private entities. Yeah. It, it, whether the private entity is us or YouTube, mm -hmm. that's, it's, that, this is a, a it's not even legal. It's just when you care about free speech and it has nothing to do with the government, um, that's just, it's really just a personal belief, right? So yeah. it, in a lot of ways, it doesn't apply. So it makes me think of all those times where people, you know, say, debate me, right? Or convince me otherwise or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of times it's just not worth the energy. I mean, that's the whole idea of bad faith. Yeah. Um, the arguments are recycled junk there's no willingness to consider ideas and whatever strategies are used to keep on arguing, whether it's uh, shifting goalposts, 
the gish gallop, which is the idea where you overwhelm somebody with yeah. so many bad faith arguments that the time it takes to refute all of them um, sort of muddies all the waters. Yeah. Uh, straw man arguments. It, I mean, it, it really is BS, right? Because yeah. people are happy to say freedom of speech when they feel like not enough people are listening to them, but they aren't willing to cry um, First Amendment when protesters are actually having their rights trampled by the government, because that's literally in the First Amendment. Yeah, and I mean, I think one of the other things <coughs> that we should note with us personally, in terms of uh, how we like moderate our comments, we have historically engaged actually a lot more people who disagree with us than people who agree with us, right? Because we don't have a lot to say on those comments. Right. And we've also... Yeah, um, we are great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you agree with us. Everybody's right. Um, except for the people who dislike us and those people are always wrong, right? We don't, you know, go through that. And we've had people who disagree with us pretty consistently and in some cases pretty fundamentally um, and have respectful conversations with us right. and who are actually, you know, trying to be convincing and right. be convinced Right, right, in equal measure when there are appropriate points being made, who want to hear what we have to say because they're actually engaged in hearing a, right. a different opinion. And we, I think, respond in kind, and we actually do want to hear people who don't just agree with us. Right, good faith, bad faith. Yeah. Right, and that's, again, it's, it is totally the, the dog poop in, yeah. your, in your carpet. But if, uh, and, and you're right, everything is filtered through our own views. Everything does involve a certain amount of personal perspective because obviously anytime somebody else is saying something, um, on some level, they think it's, they think it's something worth saying, right? right. Whether or not they 100% believe everything they say, right? People don't have to, but they think right. it's something worth saying. They think it is, uh, a comment. They, they choose to type it in and post it when it's a lot easier to not comment than just to comment. Uh, but if we don't like it, we think it's crap and we also think it's maybe like rude or bad faith like i you know yeah. there's so many times when you hear somebody's share their opinion and it's terrible and you go wow i really wish i had a non-confrontational way to shut that person up <laughs> and the great thing about it is if they're commenting on one of our youtube videos we do have a really non-confrontational way to shut that person up which is just say uh we're deleting your comment and yeah. i I, I don't, again, it's like the same thing with like my reports in Valorant where I actually haven't like deleted anybody's comment that's not like, right. you know, saying a slur or something, right. right? And we were sort of thinking out loud when we were talking about the prospect of it. I don't think, at least me personally, I don't know about you, I've never deleted anybody's comment that was just like, here's an opinion that I disagree with, right? right? That right. wasn't actually m sort of moving into uh, potentially damaging or hateful, right, right. Uh, but sometimes I want to. Sometimes right. I'm like, wow, this is dumb, and I feel like I don't want to just leave this up without <laughs> responding to it. Because I feel dumber for having read it. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't want to leave this up without responding to it, but I also don't want to spend any energy responding to it because it doesn't yeah. seem worth it. And so yeah. in in those cases, uh, I've never like actually clicked the button, but I'm like, wow, this, this is sort of why the option to delete other people's comments is here. It feels yeah. like this is one of those situations where yeah. it would be where it'd be a lot of fun for me. So now here's the thing. We're running low on footage. I guess we'll decide after if we run way over, we can just add some other gameplay footage or whether we're going to try to cut it short. Yeah. Uh, this, the point I want to make related to that Second Amendment is very much related, which is uh, the Second Amendment is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Um, everybody ignores the well-regulated militia part, but the point I wanted to make, this, the short point I wanted to make about this was the NRA, I think National Rifle Association, yeah. is uh, currently the biggest pusher of the Second Amendment to not have any kind of gun control 
And I read this interesting article on history.com, and the title sort of gives it away. The NRA supported gun control when the Black Panthers had the weapons. I actually knew about this. I had heard about this already. Yeah. So it was was just very interesting, all the details and and how it started in California. And the, the... the part that I'm actually learning so much about, which is kind of cool, is all the other stuff that Black Panthers did besides just scaring um, white people with guns. Yeah. And it's amazing, like, just that so much of... Like how much social support they did, how much, like... Yes. Also, how much better their uh, social uh, support yeah. network was than a lot of the stuff that the U.S. government was doing at the time and, like, now. Yeah. So those two points taken together about the First and Second Amendment, I mean, you could call it hypocrisy, which is right, it's correct, but it's sort of missing something. And, and to me, it, it's that's sort of the perfect example of bad faith, right? Where people pretend they're talking about something like it's the important thing, but it isn't really. And it's most obvious when people are inconsistent and hypocritical um, with their beliefs and argue different sides of what, to me, is obviously the same point, uh, but the it all only depends on what's happening, right? Yeah. Um, and I feel like we always need to be clear when we're talking about politics, but extra clear with this comment. We're not talking about the commenters here at all. Because oh, they yeah, haven't, yeah, no, we've taken they haven't, off the Yeah, they haven't cued their political beliefs at all. We're using this as a discussion, but we're really not sort of... We're not saying anything about the people who were initially commenting. I mean, the first person told us to stop talking. I have a guess at where their political beliefs lie, but yeah. Um, yeah. they haven't signaled that at all. They've just told us to shut up, and people have told that to us in entirely apolitical ways before. Right, so. right, right. Um, and the second commenter uh, also very specifically, you know, mentioned what groups they were and weren't in. It was just right. that sort of mention of free speech that we're using uh, as a jumping off point. I'm not sure I entirely buy that every time I see that, but I will start with a, the point that we'll take it uh, on on faith that they're... Yeah, yeah. I, I'm totally willing to, especially for the second commenter, uh, assume total good faith because I, right. they like our videos. They're just saying, you yeah. know, comment... Uh, I would let right. everything fly, which, you know, depending on the space, right? I think in some spaces, even when they are moderated, it makes sense. Right. And our, right. we basically are that now. We don't so, really delete comments yeah. anyways. So, I mean, the, for so, so for some people's freedom of speech is about freedom of speech. For, I think for a lot of people that, that say it, it's not about freedom of speech or the First Amendment. It's about having a platform to reach a large enough audience to say what they want to say. So when you see people really making big complaints, a lot of people you know, cancel culture and whatever, right? These are people mm-hmm. who actually would not be losing a platform for saying stuff, who are complaining that what people who really are at risk are are, are more marginalized. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing. The underlying issue is about propagating very, very specific ideas, right? And the whole, I don't agree with what you say, but we'll defend your right to say it, um, is it's an interesting idea, but it has nothing to do with the First Amendment. And it's really just a principle. It's a stand that you take that is held by some people. And I, I would like to, I, I'd like to think that it's actually a very small group of people because most people who are saying that vocally are really have, they have a perspective that they are more personally attached to. Um, so th- th- it's, you know what it is? It's, it, the best example is somebody who's just going to post um, a, a comment that says Trump 2020 in response to our weekly recap video. Yeah. So that is very much closer to a puppy pooping on your carpet than it is any kind of attempt to have a conversation. Right? So <clears throat> if you want to do that, listen, comment on one of our opinion videos. Recap. I think that's the wrong place. Right? 
puppy poop belongs outside, not inside. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure I'm following you. <laughs> well, all no, the way listen, here. like I th- there's comments. Context makes a comment even makes it worse. Yeah, and context can make allowances. So if they'd said it in one of our videos where we were saying, "Oh yeah, Biden, 2020." Which I'm not. Which we've never said in any of our Well, videos. I have now. Um, <laughs> then you you comment Trump 2020. That that makes sense. You do it on a recap video where we're talking about what's yeah. happening in justice. That's that's oh, a bit God. of a bit of poop. There would be so much that we could say about Joe Biden. Yeah, I don't right, even. Yeah, I just don't he, even want to talk he's, about. He's that. problematic too. So it's not our fault that the Americans have left themselves with such poor choices. He doesn't. He doesn't seem very good as yeah. an option. <laughs> Let's just say. Yeah. Um, so, and if you do that, say something substantive and meaningful. I mean, you know, uh, an election slogan is not it. Um, and it, so if you want to say something crap, do it on your own platform. I mean, if, if you want, if somebody wants to make the argument that YouTube allows comments, so it's intended to be a conversation, if you're going to take that, then YouTube also allows us to delete comments and block specific commenters. So it's also intended for us to be able to curate the things that we want to have show up on our channel. Yeah. Um, there we go. I don't, again, this is one of those where I, I'm not a hundred percent sure we reached exactly a point. Sometimes when we talk about these things, we end off on what feels like a really good button. But, uh, I guess the end of the, my main takeaway is that there are some people who I think would be really fun to delete their comments and I haven't yet, but <laughs> I, I'm leaving that option open for well, myself. Well, the good thing is we're both administrators on the channel. So I, I, I imagine it would give me a little sort of, a little sort of boost of joy. To, to delete a stupid comment that I didn't yeah. want to read anymore. You know what there really should be? There should be a way to hide comments and so it looks like you're deleting it and then a chance to bring it back later if you you know you just feel like... Like, I would do that more often if I felt like we could bring it back. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So there we go. Uh, and that is the end of our video this week. So uh, we'd like to say some things to some people. First off, a uh, shout out to Eliza. I saw the sign. Katen, it opened up her eyes. She saw the sign. Ace of Base. Uh, yeah, this shout out has been brought to you by the album Happy Nation, released by Ace of Base in 1992. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, we'd also like to give a huge thank you to everybody who supports us on Patreon. That would be Consul Peasant and Ed Woon at the Last Word tier. Muhammad Shady at the Your Message Here tier. Sean Farrell, Daniel Simonson, Aaron Maul, Michael DeVries, Brandon C., and Irvin Ruiz, who support us on the credited level, and Chris Wolf, Scarlet Danny, Awesome Gamer Two for One, and Pavu RS at the gratitude level. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening or watching, and we'll see you next time. Komoda. Komoda.